Coming up, what an excellent day for Woodstock. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 100 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, our minute begins with Bishop Michael saying, what about The Exorcist? And it ends with an old man receiving a letter. Hmm, who is this old man and what is that letter? I have it could a fe- be M or it could be Z. I mean, it could be, it could be the letter X. <laughs> he just turns to the camera. It's like, in case you didn't know, you're this far into the movie. It's rated X. Oh. But that, uh, and then, but then he like peeks behind the letter. He's like, but that doesn't mean what you think it means. This is 1973. <laughs> it's not, don't think, you know, please keep watching. It's, you know. <laughs> And then the camera no. pans back out. It's like, no, wait, no, come no, back. Come back, come back, come back. No, no, Lester. The movie, if we didn't talk about it, um, successfully argued that their movie should not be rated X, but rated R. Ah. And people, when they saw it, they're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, oh, no, it's not X. It, it's an R because it's really good and it's really important. It's not, <laughs> you know, so children should be allowed to see The Exorcist. Right. It's not just, we're not just filth peddlers, people. We're, <laughs> we're Catholic propagandist filth peddlers. <laughs> Oh, boy. But for now, let's get back to this room, back to this meeting at the top of this minute. We got a close-up of Bishop Michael looking grave and serious because he and Tom Birmingham, the president of the university, are talking about getting someone to do an exorcism. And again, I have to wonder, how many times has this happened in either of their lives? Zero. It's got to be zero. It's going to be zero, yeah. Yeah. They've done a lot of crazy Catholic stuff in there, but not (laughs) ask for an exorcist, right? They've done all sorts of things they couldn't explain because it's uh-huh. about ritual and bureaucracy mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. But but this one they're going like people are going to find out. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're a little worried about yeah. that. That's a that's a, a a little bit of cutting room floor footage where where mm-hmm. um, pre- uh, Tom continues his his uh, leisurely stroll up to right up to uh, Bishop <laughs> Michael. He throws an arm around. him. He's like, you know, you and I have had some some times in the past. <laughs> As has the Catholic Church. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even I didn't mean anything scandalous even as well. You know, weird Catholic stuff that they have to explain to people and like, oh, we need new um you know, we need new uh I don't know, I don't even know what kind of equipment they need for trans we need new a new transubstantiation machine. You know? This one we we ordered, you know, it's like we wanted we wanted something, you know, to 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 make God incarnate, and all we're all we're getting is out of this thing is chili. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Tom strolls up to them uh, again, like very leisurely, puts arm around like, "Well, we've had a lot of crazy decisions made in this room, but you know, this might be our last. <laughs> this <laughs> might be the one that ends both of our careers." Yeah, yeah, literally, and, yeah. And maybe gets the Catholic Church shut out of higher education yeah. for the rest of time in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is you, this is gonna get them canceled. It's gonna, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I might. I might just excommunicate myself after this. I, <laughs> no, no, no. Ah, we're getting silly. Um, mm-hmm. but no, no. no. Uh, so this is, but this is a very, very serious thing. Like this yeah. is this, just like Kara said, right? Right. It doesn't happen anymore, Miss McGill. Right. right? You got to go back, in, you know, in time. But yeah. So Bishop Michael says. What about The Exorcist? Have you any ideas? This is becoming more and more real as they talk, right? Now they're actually like, oh, we got to pick somebody for this thing now, right? (laughs) Um, So we cut uh, to a close-up of Birmingham as he seems to be considering. And he says, um, he folds his arms and he says, how about Lancaster Marin? Mm -hmm. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hang on. Wait a minute. Tom, what did you just say? Lancaster who? (laughs) Folks, here we are. An hour and 40 minutes into the movie, we have 33 minutes left, and this is the second time we have heard that name. The first, of course, being when Captain Howdy was speaking in tongues. And suddenly, it all clicks into place. Marin is a priest. And not just any priest, but a potential exorcist in this discussion. Keenan, what do you think people thought in 1973 when this name finally dropped? Did they have like a big aha moment? Did they remember it from the tapes? Did they link it with our men in khakis all the way at the beginning? No, 
Definitely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, first of all, I mean, Lancaster Marion, I'm surprised they don't say, you know, like, like what's a Lancaster Marion? It's such a strange name, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I think the backmasking reveal of, of Captain Howdy, right, backwards going, Marin, Marin, <laughs> right? Fear the priest, right? Yeah. All that. Like, I, I don't know if that registers as a name at all there. I, mm. I, I think that only works in the second viewing where you, where you listen to, oh, Marin. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's. Got, I. I don't think that's going to connect like at all. And remember, like remember, folks. Even even now in the book, right? I'm, and I'm talking about the first edition. We still don't get his name, right? This is the uh-huh. first. This is the first time that Marin is addressed as a name. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. And also, Keenan, what is the blackness taking up the screen? Like, what is it diegetically, and how does it serve the shot? Yeah. So like, a, what like a third of the shot is just blackness, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we have um, uh, Father Tom, uh, sort of um, in what two thirds of the screen in a little uh-huh. letterbox of his own. Well, that other part of the screen is uh, our our good buddy Bishop Michael. I mean, this is an over the shoulder, but we're framing it from sort of below and, and making mm-hmm. him uh, sort of stand in. I think for um, you know making Tom feel what boxed in, you know, just sort of yeah. describing what we're seeing here, uh, making him feel even a little alone. Right. Cause they, yeah. they're on the same team and they're debating about what they should do, but oh, right. I mean, neither of them wants to make these decisions on their own. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> I yeah. think they're even like, um, they're starting to think like, man, you know, uh, just for plausible deniability, if uh, if we had let Dimmy do it, right, it'd be like, and something went wrong, he'd be like, "Well, you know, he was he was crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was Damien. He came I mean, in, he came in, talking about yeah. an exorcism. He's like, oh, I, I have to do it.' I'm like, oh, right, maybe. yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I don't, I I mean, don't know if you should do that. <laughs> I mean, his mom died. <laughs> People are like, what does that have to do with? No, 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 no. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Rogue priest, rogue priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they they don't want to do any. They don't want to be. Um, making any decisions. I, I think neither of them wants to lead this discussion, you know? They, they both want to uh, find consensus without making any crazy uh, decisions here. That's interesting that you say that. I get kind of a different read. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if we go by, like, what you're saying, like, everybody, so Kar- not just Karis, but also uh, uh, Birmingham and, and uh, the bishop mm-hmm. are, are all handling this like a really hot potato. That oh, sure. Yeah. Nobody wants to, you know, lay claim to, right? Yeah, um, I might just be projecting. That's what I would be. I'd be terrified of losing mm-hmm. my job if, if uh, at, at my job at the university, we were planning an exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes our exorcist, whomever he may be, um, all the more, uh, like, noble and heroic when, you know, it's like these, these three priests are tossing around this potato and he just walks in <laughs> and he's like, there is only one baked <laughs> potato, right? <laughs> right. He's like, that, this must be done. Yes, I will. I will cover this in sour cream and chives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so we we cut from there to a wide shot another angle of this room once again we are shooting into a corner we got um the other side of that table along with the other side of this room uh, more phones um we got what looks like a, a managerial or perhaps secretarial desk here um mm-hmm. some curtained windows with uh, like little cushy benches um and we continue to see these portraits which are uh, presumably frowning down at us although we <laughs> can't see their faces right we had this in the last minute um i forgot to mention it but yeah like like we uh, we're, we're still seeing these like the bottom halves of these these um these portraits which whenever like i whenever you have like a row of portraits in a movie like i always think like you know they're looking down at you judging right <laughs> but we can't see their faces here so right yeah. right yeah yeah um, uh this again is either shot in a real spot at Healy Hall or they've mm. done a really good job reproducing it because the photos that we have from about the time period, which are in black and white are the only ones that I found. And, um, uh, but they looks a lot like it. So mm. I think they'd actually shot at Healy Hall in, I mean, they did shoot at Healy Hall, um, for some of the, um, the hallway shots. That's very clear. Uh, yeah. but I, I'm pretty sure this room is also in Healy Hall. So these uh-huh. are just, I think just there. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't. Um, I mean, it, it it creates a good effect, right? Oh, it's like, sure. Yeah. It, it it almost makes us feel like there's like, you know, they're they're having they're holding council, right? Talking about <laughs> this this really big deal, you know, and they have right. like all the other you know the people there, the great kings of the past looking down at you. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I personally like to think of them as a uh, uh, burning balls of gas, you know. <laughs> But, you know, you know. Um, 
Yeah, we get to see this great table now from a different angle looking down at it. And do you notice that there are um, at least five ashtrays on this table? Yes. I, I couldn't <laughs> make out what those were, but I kind of assumed that they were ashtrays. Yeah. Oh, those are McDonald's ashtrays, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> those are sullied brown, disgusting ashtrays, a reminder that everybody smoked at this time. And that um, that's why like the, the richest, most opulent places were natural browns like mm-hmm. here at Healy Hall, yep, because yep, yep. smoke was going to get any everywhere anyway so (laughs) just paint everything brown and make sure wood paneling yeah make sure it's the color of what it's going to be anyway (laughs) right yeah Yeah, just make sure it's the color of your aunt's fingertips oh god people used to have those (laughs) you know you can get those out with lemon juice no um (laughs) yeah but uh okay but also very important in the shot, we see that our two priests have moved in closer. Mm-hmm. Bishop Michael has been still the whole time, but mm-hmm. Tom has been making his way around the table, and this is where we see that he is now much closer to the bishop. Both men stand with their arms folded. The bishop has a finger on his chin, looking reflective, and, and Tom is a little bit more mm, contained. He's holding mm. himself. Um, and I actually wondered about that. It's like, you would think their stances would be swapped, you know what I mean? Mm, why would that be? Well, uh, um... I don't know. I just, I'm reading Tom and maybe, okay, this could be that Wallace Rooney is a trained actor and Tom is, you know, like Mm -hmm. actually a priest, right? Right. And this is, this is like new for him, but I'm reading him as like playing it very, very casual. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I think he definitely is when he's walking over for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought like, I thought that, and and the bishop seems like much more like, uh, like, mm, anticipatory. So I thought he mm-hmm, would be the mm-hmm. one in that stance and Tom would be, you know, kind of like the contemplative, you know, it's like, you know, fingers on his chin or something like that. But oh, okay. like it's, mm-hmm. it's completely swapped here, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. In any case, so uh, Bishop Michael says, uh, I had a notion, well, he's talking about Marin, right? He's like, Marin, I had a notion he was over in Iraq. I think I read that he was working on a dig near Nineveh. Again, I wonder if perhaps this is where people start thinking back to the beginning of the film. You don't think so, Kanan? I think here when we start talking about Iraq, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 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 for sure there. But yeah, just the name itself, I don't think so. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then, so Tom says, yeah, you're right, Mike, but he's finished. He came back three or four months ago. Okay. So that is another revelation, potentially. So we are four months out from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Marin has been back for four months. We still don't know exactly when the stuff with Reagan started in relation to when Marin came back or, or maybe when uh, he found the statue. We yeah, know- it's implied it's at the same time through editing, but that's not um, confirmed in dialogue. Or, right. Yeah. We do know Reagan stuff started around Halloween or like exactly on Halloween because we yes. see those trick-or-treaters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then remember in the book, it's April 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so like if we're looking at the movie, if we start from Halloween – November, December, January, February. So are we saying that this is like late February, early March? Or is it still like close to Halloween? Are we like in November, right? Did Marin get back here four months before October? Then the weird stuff starts four months in. And we're like now only just a couple of like months ahead. Like, like is this November slash December? Because we're going to see in the next shot or in like uh, the next uh, scene still in this minute, you know, an old man walking through the woods and it looks like it's still autumn. Yeah. If it's going to be February, uh, at least let it still be this beautiful autumn look <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with the, the, all this uh, you know, golden browns. and things. Right. Yes, right yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. It still looks like autumn. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it. Just keep that beautiful looking autumn stuff mm-hmm. going on. It's perfect and it's symbolic, right? Because, you know, these 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 two priests are at the, the autumn and the winter of their lives, right? Oh, and yeah. also you get to see the wind if there's leaves on the ground everywhere. Yes, right. And there's no one in this goddamn town to pick up the leaves anywhere. Let's <laughs> <laughs> roll back and forth. <laughs> one day they're on my side of the street. The next day they're on the other side of the street. <laughs> that's that's just making me think of, um, remember um, that iconic shot we got of the house, like from, you know, it's like shooting like upwards um, and we got like the leaves blowing and everything Mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah. Like just imagine, just imagine like holding on that, you know, and it's like all spooky, right? And the leaves blow and you're, right? And then just like, into frame shuffles like, you know, some guy with like a broom and a a duck pan. He's like, (laughs) God damn it. Right, right, right. It never stops. <laughs> These southwest wind demons bringing their leaves. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, so so we're gonna assume that it's like autumn slash winter, right? I like um, it, you know, I, I I I prefer it, even if I'm proven wrong later. Yeah, yeah, I prefer to think it is yeah November or so. I think thematically that's the best choice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so so Tom continues. He says he's at Woodstock now, meaning Mary. Um, yeah. <laughs> now there's a visual, right? I love that. I, I like, but okay. Apparently we're we're. We are to take this to mean that he is at Woodstock College. Um, ah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, it's another Jesuit uh, seminary, which uh, which actually closed in 1974, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the year after they mentioned it in this movie. <laughs> well, I, yeah, that's part of the reason why when you watch it today and you hear him say it's at Woodstock, you the, the, the only thing you can think of is the music festival. I mm-hmm. mean, so since the time of the movie, right, the music festival has become even bigger than it was at the time, right? Mm-hmm, like it stands mm-hmm. in for all of the counterculture. It stands in right. for like, like everything uh, involving peace, love, music, drugs, rock and roll, mm-hmm, anti-war, mm-hmm. et cetera. Right. right. And then now that the Woodstock college is gone, right. There's mm-hmm. like, Oh, there's, there's nothing we can think about. Except for right. That. I was trying yeah. to think of like other, other, I was trying to think of other things like that where now we would say a place and we only associate it with, you know, this event, except hmm. uh, the only thing I think of is like terrible things that happen, yeah. which aren't as fun, right? Those like, are, those are the ones that immediately came to my mind. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like when I was at Columbine, right. And there's all these yeah. people who like went to school at Columbine before mm-hmm. the shooting, but now they say, Oh yeah. When I was at Columbine, like, like the room would just freeze. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. But mm-hmm. there yeah. So this is a positive one, I suppose. Right. Like, yeah. When yeah. I was at Woodstock and like, and then he's just like, no, Ooh. no, yeah, no, 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 no. I was selling tractor parts at Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was a peanuts convention. Um, <laughs> Father yeah. Dyer was there. He had a Snoopy t-shirt and everything. Was, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, like when I was selling apples at the Garden of Eden. No, yeah, not right. that. No, 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 it was no, way no, before no. that. It was yeah, a whole yeah, other yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, uh, 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 um. Oh, you know, you know, all those uh, those award nominees. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that was back when, uh, you know, we were all paying attention to the great Star Wars. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this Seinfeld where um, where uh, Kramer is a seat filler at the Tony's? No, it's very funny. So he's working mm. as a seat filler at the Tony's and then his last seat filling job, he, he sits up there, you know, so he's an extra basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And then whenever someone goes to the bathroom or goes to the bar, he has to sit there. So it doesn't look like it's empty on TV. And right. then he he sits down just in time for the people next to him to win a Tony for best play. <laughs> and he gets swept up on stage. He tries to explain to them that no, he's not part of it. And they give him a Tony and everything. And, like, hey! and he ends up going <laughs> to the after parties. <laughs> and then um, and then he's telling. So he just has a Tony. He just walks out with a Tony. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he comes back to the to Jerry's apartment, right, and explained to the other three, like, oh, and I, this is what happened. And uh, we went to the party, we went to 21, we went to Serendipity, uh, and then I saw the sunrise at Liza's. <gasps> Manelli? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I will watch Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen I, any I have Seinfeld? Ne- no, I have never. Oh, my God, yeah, I just, like, I just admitted that on the air. Yeah. Oh, that's okay, but you, when I say Cosmo Kramer, you, you don't say, yeah, what's, what's yeah. a Cosmo Kramer? <laughs> no, 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 right? Because that show, you know, like, like um, you know, uh, Star Wars and Star Trek and all of those, like, like Beam Me Up, Scotty, mm-hmm. uh, Luke, I Am Your Father. Right. Um, um, you haven't seen Star Wars! <laughs> Wait a minute, that hesitation. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, the final episode of, uh, of this show, it's like, Lester, have you actually watched The Exorcist? <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, sure, I, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. Mother's Exorcist in Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Priest good. Yeah. Little girl's bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I have a lot of friends who don't like Seinfeld because they say uh-huh. it's just mean spirited. And mm. uh, but you know, yeah, it, most people really like Seinfeld. Most people are are mean spirited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I can't watch Friends anymore. Yeah, they're all assholes to each other. Oh, really? They're not just friends to each other? No. <laughs> that's, that's how I remember it. <laughs> this is like, this is like you know, with friends like these, you know, <laughs> with, with, da, 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 with friends like these. Like, <laughs> eh, okay, yeah. Anyway, friends, Seinfeld, folks. Uh, uh, remember those? What's the deal with them? <laughs> so you, you just like sitcoms where everyone's nice to each other, I guess. What, what's wrong with that? <laughs> For 22 minutes, just people sitting around. Yeah. Golden Girls? 
Everybody oh, loves Golden Girls. They're mean to each other on Golden Girls. Well, but they're oh, but they're like mean the way that grandmas are mean, you know. <laughs> Oh, Which is to say, not mean at all. Grandmas right? of past. They call each other sluts and stuff on the. But yeah, ug- but like ugly. They call them ugly, stupid, slutty, and senile. But you know, it's with love. It's because <laughs> there's cheesecake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know that, like, if you if you like walked into that apartment, mm-hmm. right, they would all stop what they're doing and they would like bake you some cookies or you know sit you down <laughs> for some tea or something like that. Right. You walk into the friends' uh, mm-hmm. apartment, and they're gonna they're gonna be like. Like, well, like, first of all, I wouldn't be invited in because I'm not white. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right? <laughs> That's a first problem right there. They, they had two non-white f- friends in the entirety of their show. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> For 10 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They only had conversations with one Chinese woman and, and one black woman. Yep. That's it. <laughs> friends, folks. Doesn't doesn't hold up. Right? <laughs> now, The Exorcist, uh, on the other hand. That's right. Getting back to it. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, that uh, Woodstock College has closed, but Woodstock Theological Center, uh, which is a, a nonprofit theological research center at Georgetown University, mm-hmm. um, su- succeeds the actual Woodstock College and remains uh, operational to this day. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, great. Yeah, so so three Woodstocks that Marin could potentially be at, right? <laughs> turns out turns out they're talking about the college, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Keenan, you might be wondering, what's he doing there, teaching? Yeah, what's he doing there, teaching? No, he's working on another book, which is exactly what our buddy Tom says as we cut, and now we are behind Bishop Michael as he moves in towards the table. Uh, The mention of Marin's whereabouts and what he's currently doing have awakened the attention of both men, and they are now both leaning in over this table, almost conspiratorially. This is mm. this is that like cabal you were talking about like in earlier episodes, right? Suddenly right. the priests are not so like casual. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, Aaron, what's he doing? What's he doing back? Is he teaching, right? You know, Tom Tom has stopped uh, 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 strolling and the bishop uh, has stopped pontificating, <laughs> even though he's a pontiff. Right. Um, there we go. I, I, I realized that too late. We didn't make the joke in the last minute. I had to, I had to shoehorn that in. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so so at the mention of Marin, the boys get serious. They mm-hmm. lean in, but not only that, it's like, they are interested themselves. Like, Marin, I, I thought he was over in Iraq. Well, I think, you know, now, I, I this just occurred to me, though. So mm. they thought they would have to go and talk to someone who was not in North America. Right, okay. Which could be because the, the priests in the foreign missions have more experience with exorcisms, right? Mm-hmm. Which could be, you know, kind of embarrassing because they'd have mm. to talk to other bishops and other, um, you know, other people on their level oh. and cardinals and talk to other, again, bureaucracies, right? And and like have to admit that, oh, we want to do what you do. But if they have, you know, this mayor and who's theirs now, right? right. Maybe they could just say like, oh, no, no, no. Hey, just go hey. in this house. Don't worry about oh, it. Don't mention yeah. it. <laughs> don't tell anyone where you go and just go. Oh, we, don't, we don't have to tell anybody about this. We can... <laughs> Let's just go get Marin. Right. <laughs> oh, I never even thought of that. Oh no, that's a really good point. Wow. So yeah, so so they're a little bit excited. They're you know they're they're kind of like they're 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 uh, clutching this little sliver of hope, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But I also like you know like you know for story purposes, I like that that the name Marin has mm-hmm. some kind of like weight to it. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. So actually, yeah. What do we think of this little exchange as a way of like setting up the character of Marin? Right. Mm-hmm. From from these two priests, in in just a few words, we get a, a feeling of who Marin is within the church. Right. We already have a sense of of who he is because we you know we've been with him in the opening scenes. Um. But the way they are talking about him here tells us how other people feel about him, specifically his colleagues. What do you think? Like I, I know Tom and Mike haven't revealed too much yet, but. How about just this little bit of like leaning in as, you know, as soon as uh, they start talking about him? Oh, you know what? That's really interesting because when we see this guy in a rock, maybe we think that he has a lot of faith, that he's very smart, but he is, he's old and right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he has these, uh, these pills and he's weak and we're worried about him. Right. right. And, mm-hmm. and he gets up there and looks at the statue. We don't know what that's about yet, but, but mm-hmm. it's, it's him being sort of dwarfed by that statue a little bit. Right. right? right. And that now these guys are talking about, oh, Marin's like some rock star. He's like a superhero right. in the past. He's a, he's a, um, a, uh, uh, he's, he's, he's a Catholic Indiana Jones. Oh yes, but uh, oh that other guy. What? 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 <laughs> from, from the Star Wars pictures, the uh... <laughs> the Nerf herder. The, no, uh... no, the one who's done it before. That they're like, oh, Obi Wan, Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Did you say Obi Wan Kenobi? I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because that's what um, like the the students of Joseph Campbell, like uh, Chris Vogler, who writes yes. um, uh, in screenwriting, he says, well, the mentor figure that a, that a uh, young adventurer goes to they're right. often um a retired adventurer mm-hmm. right yes. so they've gone off and they've done this before which is why the the young hero needs their advice they say hey obi-wan kenobi-wan like we've met you on 
You're going to make people so mad. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we've got this tape of you, of this princess. We don't know uh-huh. what they're saying. Like, oh, we're looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? <laughs> and so like, oh, you've done this before. I'm about to go and do that. So what right. advice, what uh, Vogler calls them the gifts, like what gifts do you have for me, right? Yes. Um, that you could bestow upon me. So Marin is being set up like that, right? Like, yes. Um, so we've seen this old man who seems broken and maybe we kind of imply at the end of his career right. but oh yeah end of his life end possibly. of his life yeah now we need him right yeah. because mm-hmm. we have um we have dimmy who's at the beginning of his adventure even right. though it's an hour and 30 an hour and 40 minutes in right yeah, <laughs> he's right, at the beginning right. of his adventure and now he needs to be paired up with this mentor figure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right this could be this is like obi-wan and and luke um it could also be like like merlin and a, uh-huh. you know, a young knight right right mm-hmm. yeah or young king arthur maybe yeah something like that um yeah in titanic we have uh because that's about like straddling cats uh, classes. I thought so, it was straddling doors. <laughs> no, no, they straddle cars. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> in Titanic, we straddle each other in the car. <laughs> right. So, right. so Rose... and nobody straddles Cal. <laughs> Oh, poor Cal. <laughs> Unimaginable bastard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, um, Rose Rose wants to The jump. boat straddles that iceberg. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's a fun word, straddle. (laughs) No, but Rose wants to uh, leave her class. And Mm -hmm. so the mentors that she meets are two people who are from the lower and middle classes who now are there in the upper classes. So she meets um, uh, the unsinkable Molly Brown, who had Uh been lower class. And now people treat her um, nicely, but they don't treat her. You know, they treat her politely, but they're not nice to her. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they, she also meets like Mr. Andrews, who is there because he he is an inventor of, some, of sorts. Right. right. So he's like invented yeah. the ship. Right. And so those are the two mentors that she meets and they they help her figure out like, you know, that class isn't that great. Maybe she wants to leave it after yeah. all and then put all this behind her. Hmm. I like this. Yeah. So so that's that's what we're setting up um, uh, Marin to be. He yes. is the Kenobi type. He is the mentor. Right. And they're talking about him here in in these hushed tones. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, it's like, oh, should we should we call Marin? Right. <laughs> the exorcist. Right? <laughs> um, I went because you know, they're talking about like he's a rock star at Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, could we get Hendrix? <laughs> like, are we <laughs> are we insane to think we can get Hendrix down here to play the, the national anthem? Yeah. <laughs> I hear. I, I thought he was at a dig in Nineveh. It's, <laughs> I thought he was at a gig in Nineveh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, he's finished, Mike. He's at Woodstock now. <laughs> it's gonna be a very different story. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so apparently, um, according to to Tom, he's not teaching at Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom says he's working on another book. Right. And in our book, this is where Bishop Michael says, God help us. Um, <laughs> which I like that line. It says a lot about what uh, at least the book characters think of Marin. Um, in the book, we dip a little bit more into the types of books that Marin writes, uh, which are borderline heretical. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about like the nature of matter and material things in relation to God. Um, here, here's what it says in, in the book. Just a really short passage. Marin. The philosopher paleontologist, the soaring, staggering intellect, his books had stirred ferment in the church, for they interpreted faith in terms of matter that was still evolving and destined to be spirit, that at the end of time would join with Christ, the Omega Point. Mm. This is an extremely interesting point of view concerning faith, especially like we're getting it this late in the movie. Mm. Um, But it does make me think back to a sentence at the very beginning of the book when uh, Marin reflected. He said, the bones of man, the brittle remnants of cosmic torment that once made him wonder if matter was Lucifer upward groping back to his God. And yet now he knew better. So what do we make of this? What do we make of this like matter becoming spirit or matter uh, like evolving into spirit? So is this saying that what he wrote in his previous book, he's not sure about anymore? See now, yeah, like like going back to that, say, but now he knew better. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. That matter, if matter was Lucifer upward groping back to his God. Right. Mm. Because that, that first passage that I read, that comes um, from Karis's inner thoughts when they tell him that like the exorcist, like he's going to be ex- assisting Father Marin. And he's like, oh, Marin, the staggering intellect. And, you know, he thinks about like all the books that he's read about, you know, matter evolving, right? So maybe, so maybe like he's still famous, uh, for for like having those views um but at the beginning of our book 
we're meeting him at the end of his life where he's like, you know, I, I, I wrote all those books about matter evolving, but now I know better. Right? Mm, yeah. Well, that's a, that's an interesting idea that I've talked to a couple of, uh, say, writers about. Like our, I, I interviewed um, this really famous film critic, Elvis Mitchell, who then mm-hmm. later on came to teach with us at UNLV for quite some time. Ah. Um, but when I interviewed him first, he wasn't teaching with us yet and I didn't know him very well. And mm-hmm. so he was a New York Times film critic and, and a bunch of things. And so I asked him, you know, having a body of work, like, are there any reviews that you have changed your mind on? Because basically mm. you print a review, um, you know, you watch a movie and then by that weekend you've written up the review and it's there and it, people get, you know, they run across the review and they're mad at you forever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you've changed your mind. Uh, and he said that the one that he could think of where he regretted was giving a negative review to Pootie Tang. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that the more he thinks he thought about Pootie Tang, he's like, I like Pootie Tang. And I think about it all to joke about, you know, bring up these um, these quotes from Pootie Tang. <laughs> But there he is having a negative review of Pootie Tang, you know, wow. in the New York Times. Interesting. <laughs> and will be he will forever be remembered <laughs> as the one guy who did not like Pootie well, Tang. Well, yeah, it's like, it like everybody not liking Pootie Tang, but now he changes yeah. his mind, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but then so I'm talking Keenan about like this this theological oh, I'm sorry, we of... were talking about Pootie Tang? <laughs> that was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> No, go ahead with your theology or whatever. No, I don't know. That's that's all I have to say. Like, I don't know what to make of this. Like, what do we, you know, because we we characterize Marin, we almost like stereotype him mm-hmm. as the staunch Jesuit priest mm-hmm. with like with all the bells and whistles, all the all the faith, all, all the, the faith, you know, all the theology, right? Yeah, he is he is the by the book priest. Like he like he could he could probably do the exorcism without the book, right? He could just he could just do it by heart, right? I think that's true, right? Yeah, I think we sort of see that that he doesn't really need the book, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm not speaking literally. I'm talking, you know, what I'm saying <laughs> I is I think he could. I believe in him. If you don't, yeah, well, <laughs> but no, no, no. What I'm saying is like he is he is the most priestly of priests, right? Yes, uh-huh. that's what we see. Like you know, the old priest and the young priest. He is the Merlin. He is the Obi-Wan, he is the, like, he's he's been through it all. So then now, to get this, like, thing, you know, so late in the book mm-hmm. about him having these crazy ideas about, like, matter and substance, like, being in relation to spirit, like... Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what to make of that. Well, it's interesting of of, um, Damien liking it, right? Like of the younger Mm. generation. And and I don't know, maybe maybe Damien likes it for the wrong reasons. Damien Mm -hmm. likes it because it is scientific and that might not be what Marin even was thinking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Damien is thinking about that this, uh, you know, oh, for, for us lay people and atheists like sometimes we do try to put god into these scientific terms of like okay right. so what if god is this force in the universe somewhere etc and you can never um you can never disprove the existence of god because you'd have to look everywhere and, and in every dimension at the same time but you could find god as some entity out in the universe so mm-hmm. scientifically you could prove god by happening upon it but y- you can't disprove god right and right. that's helpful to me as a as an atheist as a lay person right someone without mm-hmm. faith but that's that's going about the question entirely incorrectly from a Mm. faith standpoint right yeah yeah like Um, like that's beyond that's beside the point and um and so like perhaps damien who is like having trouble with his faith has has either read this thing that marin doesn't believe in anymore or misread this thing that marin wrote a long time ago is like yeah yeah like uh um yeah faith as having a scientific basis to it Mm, okay. So I can see, yeah, I can see how this might like click for, for Demi. Um, right. Actually, okay. So you bring that up. Um, so having read the book and knowing what he is going to say, what Marin is going to say a little later on those steps mm. to Damien, um, I wonder if he's talking about faith in this way, because like if Marin, if we're, if we're associating Marin with this like theory of faith in this way, um, because he, Marin sees it not as this, stationary unchanging thing Mm -hmm. like like oh you either have it or you don't right the way he talks about um his own crisis of faith a little later on those Mm -hmm. steps um uh and 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 where he used to be uh, we talked about it on the show uh that that karis is where Marin used to be once Mm -hmm. upon a time right and i and i wonder if this stuff about like matter evolving reflects that like how how faith can evolve along with experience along with the person and i and i think this is why again he and karis are the only ones who can do this job because though you know there's no smoking gun of this i bet the faith of these other priests you know dyer birmingham bishop michael right i bet it's already like established i bet it's already secure i bet it's already like um 
solidified, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because of that, it's like unmalleable. Mm-hmm. Um, they already have their opinions about God and the devil and hell and heaven. Um, even Dyer, you know, with his, you know, solid white nightclub. Mm-hmm. I bet if Chris asked Dyer about the devil that same night, he'd be like, oh, you know, come on, let's let's be serious, right? <laughs> right? Even though he was just joking about heaven. Right? Or you'd also like, yeah, if, if someone would be like, what do you mean your own personal view of heaven uh, at being a nightclub father dyer? That seems like that's not quite, um, you know, what we would teach. And, and mm-hmm. you would just go like, oh, well, that's just a thing I was saying like that, you know, like mm-hmm. don't get don't get caught up in the details. And he, his faith would not be shaken by anybody like talking about like, um, you know, him. Oh, that is that the right thing where Damien, if Damien were to say the same thing, someone would say, oh, what's that supposed to mean? Father Damien, he would be like, oh, right. my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a blessing. Right? I don't believe yeah. fully like, oh, everything about me is wrong. Yeah. And Father Dyer would be like, oh, you know, I'm just talking. Right, right. <laughs> If, da- if if it were if Damien went to that party <laughs> right. instead of uh, Dyer, right, 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 he would be he would be what, like like those um those those people at uh, at restaurants mm. you know where where the waiter gives you the food it's like enjoy your meal and you know Damien would be like you too and then he'd just be <laughs> up all night thinking about I said my idea of heaven was a solid white nightclub and they looked at me and what is wrong with me right exactly yeah what does that mean <laughs> yeah but yeah so I think I think that this this little peek into um, Marin's like crazy ideas about faith, whether he has them now or not, right. it, it gives us this little um, hint that like, hey, Marin was not always Kenobi, right? Yeah. He was Luke once and he had crazy ideas and, you know, and hey, look where Dimmy is. And and so Dimmy is going to become Marin. Well, unless something happens. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, know he'll, become, he'll become Marin right at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they will both end up the exact same. Yes. <laughs> Obi-Wan used to be the kind of guy who would cut off his friend's arms and then mm-hmm. uh, lie to uh, his son about it. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. As, as he very famously says, he says, a dingo killed your father. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, what does he say? He says, Darth Vader killed your father. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> now, a dingo. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Cut it out even if you okay, need to. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, back to the movie. Um, so after hearing Tom's suggestion, right, the bishop eases himself into the chair at the head of the table. He says, don't you think he's too old, Tom? How's his health? Right. We're talking about Marin now. Mm-hmm. Um, and folks, if the earlier mention of a dig near Nineveh wasn't enough to clue us in, like it, this might make us recall that old man at the beginning of the film, right? With the shaking yeah. hands and the nitroglycerin pills, right? I think we're, I think we're finally like, like circling upon it, right? Absolutely. By this point we need to, yeah. And we have cut out in the script uh, in the previous scene where the bishop asks uh, Damien about his own health. Where, Damien, mm. where he says to Damien, how's your health? That's gone from the script. Right. Because we don't, you know, we saw him boxing. We don't need right. to know his health. <laughs> <laughs> but that also might help here that we're not, it's not a question he's asking everyone who wants to be an exorcist. He's asking about Marin specifically. Oh, yeah, that's actually good, right? Because if he was asking about everyone, we were like, oh, yeah, God, this guy just really cares about people being healthy, <laughs> right? right? But it's specifically Marin, we're like, oh, he must not be healthy. Yeah, so so he says of Marin, right, don't you think he's too old, Tom? And Tom is like, no, actually, he's only 43, and that's a bunch of prosthetics that Dick Smith has put on. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Smith, I thought he was in New York working on The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, but he's finished now, Mike. <laughs> What's he doing now? Uh, uh, Writing a book that Lester and Keenan can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go to Woodstock? No, no, no. We're not talking about Woodstock anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. So so uh, um, he says, how's his health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bishop Michael says that. Um, and Tom sort of gives this shrug. And he says, he must be all right if he's still running around digging up tombs. Mm-hmm. Um we cut to a close-up of the bishop's face just as Tom finishes, and once again, we got a troubled bishop here. Um, this just keeps getting worse. Like, first we got a, a priest who may or may not believe in God, and now we got one that's that's probably going to meet God really soon. Um, and Tom is just so, like, chill about it. Like, <laughs> But the bishop is, is, is like Lando. He's like, it's like, this deal just keeps getting worse every time. <laughs> but, I, okay, so I want to speak to that, Keenan. We, we have two perspectives on the preparation of this exorcism we have we have passed the initial hurdle which which dimmy thought was going to be difficult right it turns out that these guys were an easier sell than than he thought mm-hmm. but between these two we also got some friction right the, the bishop is willing to do this but he has been moving through the process deliberately and methodically and i feel like tom's this is this is where like that that point you made earlier i kind of like disagree with because uh-huh. i feel like tom's casualness mm-hmm. 
is like messing with the bishop a little bit. What do you think? Well, we sure we sure do get these close-ups of um, of Wallace Rooney like seeming to be troubled by what Tom is saying, yeah, <laughs> and maybe yeah. maybe the manner in which Tom is saying it. To your point, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. like Tom's like, what about this? And then we get these really close shots of Wallace Rooney. His eyes just kind of flicking around, right. like, hmm, hmm, is this guy? Is this all a prank? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to go to lunch today, Tom? <laughs> What about St. Michael's Pub? And he's like, hmm. Uh, I thought that was closed down. <laughs> yeah, but it's a reopen, Mike. They got a whole new menu. <laughs> Just everything. It's like, it's like uh, so. Uh, so who who should we get to to teach this um uh this 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 new calculus class at the university? Uh, what about Father Roberts? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Every suggestion you make to this guy is like, hmm. yeah, that could just be uh, that could just be Father uh, or Bishop Michael's sort of thing. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's what's in that giant tin on his desk is just uh, tums and <laughs> maylocks. <laughs> it's so stressful being the bishop. <laughs> they don't tell you that in bishop school. No, <laughs> bishop school. <laughs> the Bishop yeah. Academy. What would it be? Yeah, the Bishop Academy. Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah, so after hearing this from Tom, our bishop looks away, um, perhaps inward, and and he says, <laughs> we were just joking about it, he says, hmm. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's still deep in thought when uh, from off camera, we hear Tom's voice again. And he says, besides, he's had experience. The bishop responds almost immediately. He says, I didn't know that. And now his eyes have flicked back up to Tom. The rest of his face is completely still. The way the way he jumps on this new bit of information, like he's like he's still cautious, but this is like a, a sliver of hope, mm-hmm. right? The, the way he says it is like, I didn't know that. The subtext is, this is big. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tom does. We we uh, we cut. We're sort of beside the bishop at the table as we listen to Tom explain. Says. 10, 12 years ago, I think in Africa, mm-hmm. the bishop shifts in his seat, giving Tom all his attention now. Uh, Tom continues, the exorcism supposedly lasted months. I heard it damn near killed him. And the bishop is like, this sounds like material for a prequel. Yeah. Or two prequels. <laughs> Shot at the same time. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> and what about Lancaster Marin? Who are we going to get to play him? Stellan Skarsgård, I think. Oh, well, was, I, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was in Juilliard. <laughs> Well, he was there. He was selling hot dogs on the corner oh, okay, at yeah, Juilliard. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Juilliard, the music festival, not the... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, like, so that's the last uh, word on this scene. Mm-hmm. I heard it damn near killed him. We don't get to see this land for Bishop Michael. Right. right? Instead, we cut, and we are now outside. It is autumn and an old man, all in black, is walking away from us, away from the camera, and he is ascending, mm. head bent, hands clasped behind his back, but he is interrupted when a young man runs up to him saying, Father? He catches up to the old man, hands him something, looks like a letter, and then runs back down the path the way he came. We then move in on our old man as he reads the letter. Keenan, what do you think of this final shot in our minute? I, it's one of my favorite shots in the movie. I think it's just mm. so well done and just like the kind of elegant staging that Friedkin and the actors along with Owen Rice and the cinematographer, you know, work on that looks simple, mm. but it is just so, first of all, just beautiful. Again, autumn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it were February, it wouldn't look as beautiful. Right. Um, the stuff in the shot is beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then the framing of it. Yeah, and like this idea of like, okay, he's going to be going away, like to to introduce a major character, you know, even though we've Mm -hmm. seen him before, but to Mm -hmm. introduce him to our story of have him like walking away from us and like our camera is slowly zooming in to try to like, to try to like catch up with him and like, who is this person? And then he's interrupted by this younger priest who then stops him and then our camera does kind of catch up with him. I just think it's really sophisticated, great stuff that Friedkin, you know, does get a lot of attention, you know, rightfully so for his more ostentatious directing, you know, some of the shots here that are really catching in the exorcist or the French connection or in sorcerer. We're like, Oh God, what a camera, what a camera move. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But he just filled with like, the more I look at this movie, just like really solid uh, blocking and really solid camera moves that we don't notice in the first viewing that are just, you know, craftsmanship at the top of their level. So sorry I'm going off of this shot. Maybe a lot of people mm-hmm. in this don't even remember mm-hmm. the shot in the movie, but it's one of my favorites. Oh, no, it's, it's yeah. absolutely beautiful. It's yeah. stunning. Like I and, and you're right, Keenan, like I had forgotten about it until mm-hmm. this viewing and I was like, oh, my God, this mm-hmm. is this is, you know, what do they say? What do they say? Every frame of painting? Yeah. Right? You know, mm-hmm. it, like this is this is this is a work of art in itself. Just just this uh, shot. Yeah. And 
Marin gets his yeah Marin gets his letter and it stops him in his tracks and he doesn't look back at us which is what I would do as a uh, less assured director where he wants mm. things to be clear he has right. his moment away from the camera where it's clear to yes. us that he's like he is thinking this affects him right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's not super emphasized and then he he right. puts the pocket he puts his uh, letter slowly in his pocket and then just keeps walking the way he was walking <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and like it, it's keeping us like we know this is going to be our guy but mm-hmm. it's keeping that reveal until you know a couple shots from now which is the most famous shot of the movie right so right also but actually oh go ahead i well i would i would almost argue Mm -hmm. that um the transition Mm -hmm. from this shot into it's not in our minute uh, today folks but like it's going to be like the first get ready it's going to be the first (laughs) thing you see next week yeah the transition from the shot we are in now Mm -hmm. to the next shot Mm -hmm. that's like if if you were wondering who this guy is in relation to our right, demon, right. like wonder no more. Because this, <laughs> this this shot mirrors that um that shot I love so much at the very beginning when he's do, you know having that standoff mm-hmm. against the Pazuzu statue. Oh yeah, that's kind of like the, the the next thing that we see is kind of like the mirroring to that. Yeah, I think the most uh, famous like textbook for film studies is a uh, film art. It's by Thomas and Boardwell. And Thomas mm-hmm. and Boardwell, you'll hear in, in like the academic world, like they're they're like a brand. People talk about Thomas yeah. and Boardwell this, Thomas and Boardwell that, Woodstock this, Thomas and Boardwell that. So yeah, yeah. like um, but they they make a really astute point about the way that we teach film studies, like. Um, and they talk about what's called mise-en-scene, which is um, mm. uh, composition, but also production design, camera movement, staging, all of that stuff. That, that, yeah. that All that stuff that is a large part of what directors do. And they say mm. that, you know, when we teach it or when we're starting to study it, it um, it's, it is unfair to it because we, we do it with like pictures and books, right? Right. And um, and that's how mise-en-scene in theater is. Like it's like these, these individual compositions you're making with the proscenium arch, if you will. Uh-huh. Right? But in film, because of editing and because these are happening, happening over time, right? Mm-hmm. That mise-en-scene um, meshes with each other over time. So it's this shot mm. meshing with the next shot, meshing with the next shot, which is mm. where, you know, talking about individual shots, again, to Thompson Bortles' point, can only take you so far because right. it's all about the shot that came before it or even the shot that came five shots before it that now you're recalling and thinking about or um, at right. least uh, internalizing um, in your gut, even if you're not intellectually thinking about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is, yeah, I, I, lo- I love that you said that. Not only is this individual shot great, it's of a piece of two or three yes. shots that are coming next. Right, right. right. The next the next few seconds right. of this movie, folks, it's like, like yeah. chef's kiss. It's like, Absolutely, oh, God. Like, right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, I think this is a good spot for our reading. Mm. Um, it's it's going to be very, very short today. Um, it's the last paragraph of part three, which you'll remember is titled The Abyss. And it is the bridge between that and the next part, part four, um, which is titled And Let My Cry Come Unto Thee. Um, so let's read this. Here we go. A reading from the book of Blatty. Early that quietly waiting evening, a young scholastic preparing for the priesthood wandered the grounds of Woodstock Seminary in Maryland. He was searching for a slender, gray-haired old Jesuit. He found him on a pathway strolling through a grove. He handed him a telegram. His manner serene, the old priest thanked him and then turned to renew his contemplation, to continue his walk through a nature that he loved. Now and then he would pause to hear the song of a robin, to watch a bright butterfly hover over a branch, He did not open and read the telegram. He knew what it said. He had read it in the dust of the temples of Nineveh. He was ready. He continued his farewells. That's kind of sad. I wonder what that means. You know, I've read. I have read the book, by the way. Now I finished the book. (laughs) Oh, you've read? Oh, oh, (laughs) folks, I'm so happy. (laughs) I forgot to mention that. Yes, Um, kept that a secret from me. Oh, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. But. That's really Do you know what he did, your <laughs> content co-host? <laughs> but that's really interesting. He, he continues his farewells. Like he's just yeah. constantly in the he's I don't know if this means it literally, but the feeling I get is like he's constantly in the in the state of saying goodbye to people. Well, it, like I think I said it, it very, very early on in the show. It might yeah. have even been in the first episode. Because I remember I wrote it in like before he, before this show was even a concept. Mm-hmm. Um to me, Marin has always been in the process of saying his goodbyes within within the time frame of this uh, book uh, or this movie, he is he is he's already got the premonition and he has decided way 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 back at the beginning of the film right in Iraq like like maybe uh, um, either either uh, uh, you know it's, it's like even like when he's having the tea you know with mm. the with the tea shop owner or um, you know when he's when he's with his friend Jesuit Dean you know yeah um, <laughs> he like he has he has already felt the pull 
you know, of this of you know of this final showdown, yeah. and he has resigned himself to it, right? Not in a, not in a like like a, a passive way, but like he has embraced his destiny. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it, it, like. It keeps. It, I keep thinking of you know uh, Jesus, you know the forty days in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right before he, you know, he has to he has to die, and this it it seems like Blatty and Friedkin are kind of doing the same thing here, right? Like Marin is faced with this final act. He's you know uh, God is saying you you this is the end for you. Right. This is this is your last great act. You are going to go uh, and and save this uh, this person from the clutches of a demon and. Marin says yes. He answers the call, so he has he has answered the call like all the way at the beginning of the of the movie, and the rest of the movie uh, until he shows up at that door is him saying goodbye, like as Blatty puts it, to this world and this nature that he loves. Right, right. And so now we look at the beginning of the movie where he you know he he embraces his friend and he clasps the hands of the um of the tea shop owner right and he's he's looking at everything with with love he's like i i'm i'm going to leave now right so yeah so so that that has always uh, stuck with me is is that that marin this whole time has been preparing for this fight but also it it's it's like it's epic but it's also really really sad because like he's he's going to the end of his life mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, folks, we're going to follow him to this final act next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, for now, that is all my notes. Keenan, is there anything else? No, I think we got it. All right. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help our uh, little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. And if you haven't yet, um, you know, what's holding you back? <laughs> Uh, hey boss you want I should give you a five star review (laughs) (laughs) actually Mungo you do that's uh, yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay Keenan are you thinking what I'm thinking I think I am Lester folks until next time the The power power of of Seinfeld Seinfeld compels compels you He just he 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 shows up there, right? He's like, "What's the deal with Reagan?" <laughs> she a good girl. She's a bad girl. Make up your mind. <laughs> Captain Howdy's just like, hey, "Is is are we really doing this? Is this what we're doing?" <laughs> What's the deal with Ouija boards? Why do we put so much faith in a piece of cardboard that costs them ten cents to make? It's Hasbro. It says it on the box, Hasbro. <laughs> I never realized that um, Seinfeld reminds me of Adam Driver. Um, (laughs) It's my grandfather's helmet. (laughs) So, so then Karis, you know, he 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 bursts through the you know the door, you know, like like Kramer, you know. (laughs) I've seen things, Marin. Oh yeah, things you wouldn't believe. (laughs) Little girl, she's got. Three, four voices inside of her. I can't keep track of them. <laughs> 88 doctors, Jerry. <laughs> Coming back and forth, 88 doctors. <laughs> Each of them more useless than the last. <laughs> All right, okay, I think we're done. Oh, wait, 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 so we go back to their place, and there's a little girl tied to the bed. She spits out pea soup, yada, yada, yada. We've exercised her, and we all go home. Oh, you yada yada over the best part. No, I mentioned the pea soup. That's funny if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you've seen Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know why I chose this as our as our outro. I know nothing about. I'm sure our listeners think it's very funny. If they're still listening.